Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining. I am here again with Chris Gross, my podcast producer extraordinaire. Thanks for joining me again. Yes, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So at the end of the last episode where we were talking about networking faux pas, Mm -hmm. um, we sort of segued into the idea of having an abundant versus scarcity mindset. Yes. Which you mentioned you had never heard that. I have never heard of that before. And as me being someone who is regularly networking, this is something that I think I should know. So my first question is, what is it? <laughs> Explain that to me. So, which is fascinating because I sort of assumed it was a pretty common knowledge terminology, but it's it's something that definitely is used a lot in networking circles. Okay. But I mentioned in the last episode, ironically enough, it's not practiced very well <laughs> in networking circles, which is interesting. So my first exposure to abundant versus scarcity mindset actually came from Robert Kiyosaki. Are you familiar with him? I don't, I'm not, no. So he wrote this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And you may have heard the title to that book. I think I have. It's a well-known book. And he's written lots of books at this point. But um, I was in a Robert Kiyosaki like fan (laughs) craze for a while. I I read so many of his books. And actually it was whenever I was going to college, I had an hour drive there and back and I would listen to his audio books, which was, I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge. But in one of his books, he specifically talks about how his rich dad, actually I'll start with the poor dad. His poor dad had the mentality that there was not enough money. So basically, there's only a certain amount, and you got to do everything you can to grab your piece of the pie, or you're going to miss out. So it's just, that's the scarcity mindset, right? That there's only so much, and you got to fight for what you can get. Whereas he compared it to his rich dad's mentality, which is that there is infinite resources. There is an abundance. There is too much money, in fact. And so it's a completely different mindset And so that is what essentially in a nutshell you're talking about with the abundance and the scarcity and how it changes things. So give real world examples of this. We all know people in both of these categories, I think is safe to say. Um, So give an example of somebody with a scarcity mindset. Several years ago, went to dinner, not going to say names or anything, (laughs) group of people go to dinner and decide to split a dessert. The person with the scarcity mindset explains that they do not need to help pay for the dessert because they paid the toll tag or the tolls (laughs) on the road to get there when they drove everyone there. And that would be an example of a scarcity mindset. Not enough resources, fight for what I can get. Whereas I'm sure we've all experienced times when you're at dinner with a group of people and someone says, no, I got it. Or they pay for it before you even know the check was ready. Yeah, That would be an example of someone with an abundant mindset, that there is more than enough resources. There's plenty more where that came from. So that's the very different mindset we're talking about. So does that make sense? Yes. So now, how does this apply to networking? So you hear this a lot with networking. I think this has become a buzz phrase Mm -hmm. because... In networking, there tends to be a lot of drama. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess anywhere we have people, you're going to have drama, right? Yeah. But there's, you know, oftentimes there's people that do exactly the same thing. And, you know, and so there, that's, I guess, the reason why a lot of networking groups have your seat locked in, right? If you're the realtor, you're the only realtor. Or yeah, if you're the sure. bookkeeper, you know, you're, you're the, the only, only bookkeeper. You know, and, but there's some networking groups that don't do that. Um, so I think that's kind of where this whole buzz phrase started was to try to get people to get along guys. Like yeah. don't, don't be right. offended or annoyed if somebody else gets a referral that you didn't get, which we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, so that's essentially what it is. It's okay. If somebody else comes in, that's does bookkeeping. I really try to put into practice that abundant mindset Sure. that this is awesome. This is a, resource for me. This is not something I need to be threatened by. In fact, my mentality is, shoot, put a whole floor of bookkeepers next to me. (laughs) This is good. There's going to be some that have the scarcity mindset that don't want to network with you, don't want to be a support system, but there's going to be some in there that have the abundant mindset where we can share ideas. I can go say, hey, this is a pain point for me. How are you handling this? Sure, sure. Um, You know, so that's the first reason why I think it would be great. And then if I can't adequately articulate why my bookkeeping company is above the rest, then maybe I shouldn't mm. be doing it. Interesting. And maybe yeah. it is that competition that's going to help me up my game to right. say, okay, now I need to really get good on honing in about what it is that makes my company different and special and better. Yeah. So I think that that's nothing but good. Sure. And the people that really get threatened, I think they don't realize it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Simon Sinek, are you familiar with him? Yes. Yeah. He has a really famous TED talk. You may have seen it about that people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm. And that people want to yep. do business with people who believe like them. And so if you're the kind of person that's already, always got that scarcity mindset, is fighting for not having to pay for the dessert because you paid <laughs> for the toll on the way there – is that somebody that most people are going to want to do business with? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Certainly not for me. So be more of an abundant mindset, right? Start thinking about money differently, that there is an abundance of it and plenty more where that came from. Yeah. And yeah. the people that do what you do, use them as a resource to assist you, not only in helping you with your pain points, but to up your game. Yeah. And when you start seeing it in a more positive light, it changes everything. Yeah. To me, it does. Anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I look at it kind of like this. I always get the phrase wrong. A rising tide raises all boats. Yes. Whatever it is. Because I, I think, like you mentioned, <clears throat> when you get more and more bookkeepers, that's more people that are hearing about it. That means more people are using them, which is good news. But here's the other thing that I think is important about having the abundant mindset is to know when is the right time to let somebody handle something that they can do better than you. You're right. You know, if somebody comes to us and they say, you know, Hey, I need, I need this thing done and it can be done. I need it done really professionally. And I go, well, you know, I'm, you know, let's say I'm a, let's say we're both bakers, right? Uh I make, I make the best cinnamon rolls 
and you make the best croissants. Right. If somebody comes to me and they want croissants, then yes, I could make them and it would help my business, but I'll send them to you to make the cinnamon rolls and, or may, may have just messed it up. Whatever. You understand. <laughs> I forgot who's making who, making what here. But you get the point is that I send them to you for right. your specialty. Right. And if everybody has that abundant mindset, then when they come to you for my specialty, you send them my way. You're right. And I honestly think that it is just good to get to know everybody. Sharing business yes. is not a bad thing. And... I really love what you mentioned in our last podcast, in our last video, which you need to go watch, go listen if you haven't done it on the faux pause of networking. You mentioned how important it is, the personality fit Yeah, when you're sending to someone. If you're doing a referral, it's not just who am I think is going to do the best job. I'm going to refer them to the person who is best for them. Yes. Um, you know, I think about when my wife and I bought our house last year. We were first-time home buyers, and we were paired up with somebody for the first time. Nobody did this maliciously. It was someone who was a really good realtor, but she was really good for people who had been through the process before. Mm. And we really need someone that was going to hold our hand, and we found somebody who did that for us. Nice. Who held our hand all the way through, and that's where I see you know that working hand-in-hand, hand, yeah. where if you get a first-time home buyer – you're the realtor, you're the experienced one, you say, hey, look, I'm going to send this person your way, you hold their hand through it, and then when you get somebody who's not that way, who just wants to do it, they know what they're talking about, you don't have to mess with them, just send it to me. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's part of that abundant mindset, yes. tell me if I'm wrong, yes. where it's you understand specialties and you're not afraid to help out somebody who maybe does something similar yes, to you. Yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And that is that actually is why I welcome the opportunity to find people that do what I do because I sure. realize I am not going to be the perfect fit for every single company. Yeah. I'm not. I specialize in certain areas. You know, there's there's people that do other things in my industry better than I do. I have more knowledge mm -hmm, in it mm -hmm. or as you said, personality. In that last episode, when I was talking about referring someone who loved classic cars yes. to a classic car company, it was because they had that commonality and that interest, not necessarily because they were better than the next insurance person, but because they were the best fit for that yeah. company, that yeah. client. So, and this this is where it's don't be offended. Don't yes. be offended yes. if you don't yes. get referred out. That's so important. And it's part of having an abundant mindset. If you're offended because someone did not refer you, you're in a scarcity mindset. Yeah. That that is a big indication that you're not seeing it as there is an abundance of resources. There's more than enough for everyone. And we can all share in it. Yeah. We can all help each other, as you said, rise together. Yeah. So that that is something, like I said, I don't see very often. So let me ask in... you a question real quick. Okay. Okay, so let's say um, me, Chris Gross, I'm coming to a networking event that you're at. Mm -hmm. I've never been there before. You've not met me before. And let's say I'm coming in with a scarcity mindset. Uh-huh. What does that look like? What does the person who has a scarcity mindset, how are they acting in these networking events how are they acting with other business owners 
and how does that negatively affect them by the way that they're acting? So there's a couple of things I've seen recently. Um, there's obviously situations where people just want to shut out other people that do yeah. what they do. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole concept of yeah. having a locked yeah. in seat, right? And even it may even be just some overlap, but not exactly what they do. And so oftentimes, you know, sometimes I feel like with networking groups and, and people, you feel like you're in a middle school sometimes. <laughs> like, let's get yes. along, children. Yeah, yeah. You know, where they, and the drama, too. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's everything. One hundred percent. Um, you know, I've been in networking meetings where one person literally in front of the whole group as they have the floor is calling out the other person oh for doing gosh. what they do. And it's wow. such a cringy moment yeah. that yeah. It, really all you're doing is causing the sympathy to go to that other person because, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's completely is... backfiring. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. if you're portraying that scarcity mindset, it's not something people are buying into. It's not something that inspires them. Yeah. And so that that's a big networking faux pas, you know. Yeah. It's just it's astonishing to me the things that that people will do to try to just shut out people in in the group or in the event to make sure they have the stake the market share of that group. Um, I had recently a really I, I don't want, traumatizing is uh, way too extreme, but I'm trying to think of a good like it made me feel bad. I don't yeah. know the good adjective for it, sure. but. Um, I happened to be at a networking lunch and I got up to advertise an a showcase that I was doing about my company and it was sort of a learning thing where I was going to talk a little bit about my company but then also have an educational aspect. And so I mentioned it and it was at another networking group and I mentioned it by name saying, hey, I would love to invite you guys to come see me do my showcase and... I got a phone call a few days later from the president of that networking group. Basically, I felt scolding me for mentioning another networking group's name. Okay. And the the worst part about it, I think, is that him and I had no relationship up to that point. Sure. Which, yeah. I mean, already from the very get-go, if you're trying to have a sensitive conversation with somebody – if there's no relationship foundation there, you're you're already setting yourself up for trouble, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was part of the problem. But the way it was also presented, it made me feel like this person was talking to me as if they're dad, I'm kid. Don't let this happen again, okay? Yeah. And, you know, my, if anyone knows me well, which obviously he didn't, <clears throat> that is the worst way to approach me. I am. Are you familiar with the Meyer Briggs personality? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I am the INTJ. Okay. And an INTJ, literally, one of their worst fears, as illogical as it sounds, is being controlled. Okay. They're f we are fiercely <laughs> independent. Yeah. Like if this country turns communist, I already know I'm going to be the first one in the concentration <laughs> camp, right? They're because after you first. Oh, yeah. The INTJs are the first one dead. I'm yeah. just telling you, because we're going to be the ones that, you know, if you say, I need you to get in this box, not only are we not getting in that box, 
we're going to burn the boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just to show you, you are not the boss. Right. So, um, and I have lots of, uh, my, my parents have some home videos to prove my point on this. <laughs> like, I will, I don't care how, what you do to me. There is yeah. no consequence yeah. that is so bad. It's not even rational. Right. In fact, just taking it to a political sense, this is why I tell people, no matter what you're talking about, whether it's seatbelts, guns, masks, you're never going to get 100% of the population. Of course not. Because there's always going to be the, the INTJs that fear You can't being, make me do this. Yes. Yeah. That we, it doesn't, it's not even logical, but we fear being controlled more than death. Like we would rather die than in any way show that you're the boss of right, us. Okay, right. so this is the personality yes. that he's talking okay. to, right. making me feel like he's saying, get in the box. Yeah. So already up to everything he said prior to that, okay, is telling me these are not my people, right? People want to do business with people who believe like them. I want to deal with people. I want to be with people who have an abundant mindset. So what you're saying is you saw from this person and this group that you were at that they have almost, whether they know it or not, collectively adopted the scarcity mindset. Yes. Okay. At least that's how, how it was presented I to you. Perceived it because yeah. I was being scolded for bringing up another networking group meeting. Sure. And you know, so as soon as he told me it, you are not allowed to do that. Yeah. I knew. Okay, I'm yeah. dealing with a group that has a scarcity mindset, and that's okay. that's not who I am. It's not who I want to sure. be. So I already knew for that reason. This is not somewhere I'm going to spend any more time. But as soon as he he ended his spill and said, okay, like there's 2,000 things going through my head in that moment. And none of them are, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and the question of whether I'm ever coming back has already been answered for me. Sure. But then it's the question of how do I handle this situation? Yeah. Because I want to burn this box. <laughs> I want to go out with a blaze of glory. <laughs> Um, you know, but at the same time, I also don't want to burn a bridge. But yeah. then in that moment, I, I'm sure there are a thousand ways I could have handled it better. But I did ask him, I said, why is this a threat to this group? He said, oh, well, it's not a threat. It's just that they're competition with us. And yeah. I asked him the question. So do you have a scarcity mindset or an abundant mindset? He said, well, I think you should ask the other group that, you know, so clearly that mm. tells me he must have experienced some bad probably had a bad experience with the other group sure um but you know i'm thinking and i wish i actually had said it probably was good i didn't but i was <laughs> like you know if somebody from the other group called me and talked to me the way you're talking to me right now oh i guarantee you i'll be telling them that right no question and right. that also will indicate to me those aren't my people either sure yeah. i mean my values don't waver but no one from that group has called to have this conversation with me, you yeah. know? So it, it was a very interesting experience for me. And it, it, it made me feel like I wasn't important. My, my point of view wasn't important. That um, he really was not interested in hearing my side of anything or even yeah. discussing yeah. it. But it also revealed to me, this is not who I want to do business with. So what I'm picking up on from you is... Um, you know, you, you had a, I don't want to say a confrontation. You had a, a, a bit of a conflict. Yeah. Um, 
Nothing physical, right. I think. I think. <laughs> no, no. Um, but what I'm hearing, too, is that you are not going to be conflict-free even in a place that has an abundant mindset. But yeah. the abundant mindset that looking at it as, hey, this is a huge pie. Yeah. And anytime I take from the pie, you know, I'm taking a little bitty teaspoonful where the scarcity mindset would say, you know, the the, the pie is, small. you know, it's a small pie and I've got a, you know, a pan scooper, right, that I've taken <laughs> a big piece out of, right? Yeah. So you've got these two completely different mindsets. Yeah. The pie sizes are different. The scoop size is different. But what I'm picking up on from you is that in a place where you have the big pie and you have the small spoon, this uh, this abundancy mindset uh-huh. – even if you have a conflict, then it is handled differently because of the way that they perceive you as having an abundant mindset, but also the person having an abundant mindset would react differently. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because there's such a different frame of reference there, the scarcity abundant people don't always get along. Yeah, right? Yeah, right, now, right. In a setting like I talked about earlier where you have a group of people out to dinner, obviously the scarcity people love the abundant people because they're paying for dinner, right? Right, right, right. You know, and you even have the scarcity people that will specifically go out with those people because they'll pay for dinner. Sure, you know? sure. But what goes around comes around, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is even true for employees. And, and going back to Simon Sinek, he had a great video the other day where he talks about how with your employees, if they know that you truly care about them – them personally, they'll give you blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. you know? Yep. And I think having an abundant mindset completely changes the way you interact with your employees. There are employers that they're going to try to basically keep everything they can from their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, every mm-hmm. day off is like, ah, they took another yeah. day off, you know? Yeah. They resent everything that costs them money. When their employee breaks something or takes a day off or whatever it is that costs them money. It's just, you know. Right, right. Whereas there's employers with the abundant mindset that go above and beyond. And I actually had a watch this in play the other day. I was actually in a meeting with somebody and he had his employee in the same office and she had a flat tire. And um, he was like, listen, you need to get that taken care of. That's unsafe. He said, I'm going to give you some money so you can wow. go get that taken wow. care of today. Yeah. And I watched him do it. Yeah. And I was like, that right there is an abundant mindset. And that right there is an employee that knows he cares more about her and her safety than he does about his bottom line. Sure. And that makes all the difference in a, co- a company culture. And I think that is so huge. Yes. Because I have seen so many examples of the opposite, mm-hmm. of the scarcity mindset. And I can tell you what it will lead to every time. It's not immediate. If you as a boss have the scarcity mindset dealing with an employee mm-hmm. who doesn't have that mindset, yeah. they are going to leave. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. it may not be in six months or a year, but it's going to happen. And, you know, I can tell you from personal experience – um, you know, not not here, of course. Working with Frito is fantastic. But I had a boss several, several years ago who had the scarcity mindset. And I could tell that it was a purely a 
employer-employee relationship. Right. And it was always everything that happened was my fault, mm-hmm. and I had to fix it. Again, I, I think, you know, we talked about this on the last episode. He always took my intentions to be harsh mm. or to be cruel when mm. it wasn't that way. Mm. And so, you know, I was finding my way out. And, you know, I was gone to doctor's appointments, you know, <laughs> uh, becoming a couple times a week. And yeah. I think he picked up on it. And then we started to see the change. Interesting. Know, where then he was like, hey, you know what? Take tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow evening. Take your girlfriend to a nice dinner. And all of a sudden you're like, then you realize how disingenuous it was. Yeah. Because yeah. then when you actually have that boss who does that from the start and they yeah. do it with the right intentions. Right. It is so different. And even more than just retaining employees, like you mentioned, it makes them want to work so much harder for you. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Seeing the abundant versus scarcity mindset in a business, I mean, it literally, it literally can change your business. The businesses are day and oh, night different between each other. Absolutely, 100%. I actually saw something on LinkedIn about, it was a quote, and I'll probably butcher it, but it was saying, good employees don't complain, they just leave. Yeah. And I think that you're going to... If you have an, a, a, a scarcity mindset in your business and the culture is scarcity, good employees, they're not going to tolerate it. They're going right. to leave. Right. And, you know, I had a similar, you know, I've already, I think, shared on the podcast, I hate being an employee. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably feeds back into what I was talking about earlier, being fiercely independent. Yeah. Um, but I had a, a situation where I was hired on at a company in my offer letter, it detailed, not detailed, but summarized a bonus program that I would be eligible for after six months. So for six months, everything's fine. Well, the six month mark comes and I want to know what's the bonus program. Can I get the details? And all of a sudden management is getting real sketchy Mm, about this bonus program. Yikes. Um, And I first talked to my direct report about it and she was telling me, well, you know, it's a really complicated formula and, you know, the quota is so high, we don't make it anyway. I'm like, well, okay, I, I'm good with numbers. Right. Tell me what the formula is. Yeah. I'll calculate it. I'm competitive. I'll get my teammates, you know, we'll get rallied up. We'll yeah, make we'll it. figure it out. I, yeah. I'll get there. Yeah. I'm motivated by money. Um, but, well, I just, it's, well, I'll have, I'll have to give it to you later. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I actually went to the next person, one of the partners of the firm, Talked to him about it, and I got the same, same sort of. Well, it's very complicated. Um, you know, it's, it's it's complicated formula, and you know, honestly, the, the the department's not performing that well right now. It's just way above. The, and I told him the same thing. Listen, I'm a very motivated and competitive person, yeah. and I'm motivated by money. <laughs> you tell me what the quota is, right. or give me the formula to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I will make it happen. Right. Same response. Well, uh, yeah, well, we're thinking about changing it anyway. And, you know, so I just yeah. got the hint. Okay. Right. So, and, and, you know, in in my case and probably with the INTJs in general, we don't just walk away. 
right? The, yeah. the saying that good employees don't complain, they just walk. Well, no, we got to burn the box and go out in right. a blazing glory. And then you walk away. And then I walk away. Yeah. Exactly. So we're in a, a department meeting with the partners and management there. And, you know, of course, they're doing whatever the agenda was, whatever announcements and whatever. And then, of course, in the meeting with, does anyone else have anything before we adjourn? Yeah. Here's Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So, yeah, right there in front of everyone. Yeah, I want to talk about the bonus program. So I, of course, I had no interest at that point in just putting my head down and get already there again, scarcity mindset. It was already out of alignment with who I was. Yeah. And I felt lied to. I felt betrayed. I felt like there's something shady going on here. Yeah. Um, So I already knew this. These are not my people. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was no incentive on my part. And certainly since it was ticking me off at that point, there was no incentive on my part to just quietly leave. Yeah. So literally in front of everyone there, I, I, I caused a stir. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure to this day, probably if you went to that firm and said my name, they'd probably get smoke coming out from their ears. They're still talking about that. So needless to say, after that, I started getting called into the principal's office, you know, when you yeah. know that they're making their case, yeah. you know, I'm like, listen, I, I see the writing on the wall. I was on my way out anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? So that's it. That is it. Whenever you have that scarcity mindset, what could I have been at that company? Right. Where could I have been? Yeah. What could I have done with that company and that department? How much could I have actually increased their revenue had I been incentivized to do so? Right. I'm telling you, I would have been motivated enough to go network and get clients <laughs> for them, making them money just so I could right. get my department quoted, just yes. to prove that I could, Yeah. if nothing else. Right. So how much did they as a company miss out on? Simply because they had the scarcity mindset versus yeah. the abundant mindset. And had they had the abundant mindset, they actually would have achieved the abundance sure. versus the scarcity. So let's say we've got a business owner who's listening. Uh-huh. And everything you've said has kind of made them you know, clench their fists. They cringe a little bit and they say, I think I'm running my business with a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. What What is your advice to bring them out of that and closer <clears throat> to... The abundant mindset. That's a good question. Actually, I am in this process myself. I mean, I think obviously the first thing is recognizing it. Yeah. When you find yourself in that mindset of, and it's really fear when you come down to it, it's fear. You're you're fearing you're not going to have enough. And it's a lot of times irrational. Sometimes we fear poverty worse than death which it doesn't even make sense. Right, Right. You know, but it's, you know, just that fear of, losing or that fear of failure or that fear of not having enough doing without um, that fear of not keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it is, it's all fear-based. Yeah. So that's really what has to be dealt with is I don't need to fear this, that the, the more I work out of faith and abundance, the more faith and abundance is going to come to me. Yes. Because you're basically, when you're living out of fear, you're calling whatever it is, whether it's faith or fear, you're calling it on yourself. Yeah. So it's it's a process. You know, it's not something that you can just change your mindset overnight. Yeah. But it is, I think, having that awareness that when those fears start coming, wait a second, catch yourself. I don't want to do that anymore. 
I'm going to start thinking differently about money, thinking differently about my employees, thinking differently about my relationships, whatever it is. Catch it, start fixing it. But that's a good place to start, right? Employees. Yeah. I I don't think it's that hard to, to then, you know, come in and maybe it's as simple as, you know, going to your employees. How are you today? Yes. How was your weekend? Yes. You know, how are your kids? Yes. And just starting there and... I, I can tell you that they're going to pick up on that immediately. Absolutely. If when they see that change and they go, Man, I've been here for, you know, two years. He's never right. once asked about my kids. Yes. They've never checked up on me to see how my weekend was. And I think that can be such a big change and it's not it's not that hard, especially starting with the employees. You know, I had a, a boss once uh in the scarcity mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a huge window in his office and he could see when people took breaks. Oh and, my gosh. Which, you know, it, it, it astounds me that anyone would go take their break out there knowing their boss could watch yeah. them right out the yeah. window. But yeah. um, one day I was in his office meeting with him and there was a girl out there on a smoke break. And he proceeded to tell me exactly how much it cost him per minute for her to be standing out there. And... You know, that yeah. is the the scarcity mindset that he doesn't even realize is hurting him because yep. Yep. it's not only in her, because I'm sure he said and did things around her that gave her the clear indication that he was not pleased. Yeah. yeah. But even with me, knowing that he had that mentality, then every time he was around, I was super conscious of mm-hmm. not wasting any of his time. Yeah. I never felt like I could have any kind of personal conversation with him because I knew in his head, he's keeping track he's calculating of, yeah, how yeah, much this yeah. conversation is costing him. Right, right. <laughs> so I was never really completely comfortable with yeah, him. Yeah. And how much, again, I ultimately left. But what could I have done? Mm-hmm. What could I have brought to that company if... I had been truly inspired sure. to be there. It's I, yeah. I don't even think that people realize how much having that scarcity mindset is actually costing. So yeah. that's some of my thoughts on that. Um, abundance versus <clears throat> scarcity mindset. Anything else you want to share before we get out of here today? Not that I can think of. It's been yeah. a good topic. I mean, this, yes. this really, truly, I'm glad we made it a whole episode. Me too. There's a lot to be said on this yes. topic. Yes, I agree. So tell everyone how they can find you guys at Free Donation. Yeah, uh, we're on all social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us, uh, Free Donation Productions on Twitter, just Free Donation, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, I'm just going to throw my email address in the show notes, and that's a way you can reach me. What about you, Lindsay? So I can be found at Secl- Sakline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com, and email info at sakline.com. And if you ever have any bookkeeping needs, we would love to take care of you over here. Sakline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. Abundance mindset at That's right. by the way. That is right. That is the goal. That is the culture I want to cultivate. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I appreciate it. Have a great week. By the Books is presented by Sakline. Honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit Secline.com or email info at Secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. 
Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.